You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hello, Michael. Andre, it's it's December. It is December. Uh, I am cycling to work uh, there and back. We were supposed to connect a few minutes earlier, but it was a chilly, chilly ride home today. Let's just put you're, it that way. You know what? I'll tell you this. My brother used to ride his bike, uh, you know, basically... You know, 365 days a year to work. And his wife finally said, there's no way you're going to do that because he got into uh, an accident. Now, he had his helmet and everything, but whacked his head and uh, lost his sense of smell, uh, which means he also lost his sense of taste. So, which is why he he serves, uh, you know, uh, outdated uh, tortilla chips because he can't smell that they've gone bad. But that's another story for another time. Uh, I'm trying I, to be. Ca- I'm trying like, to be careful. I can't believe you are still biking. Yeah, but then you made a good point of why you are still biking. Well, I mean, there's a few reasons why I'm biking. First off, I genuinely enjoy it. Secondly, I don't own a car, nor am I in a hurry to own a car in the city of Toronto. I still don't think it's it's necessary. Um, it, it keeps me safe from public transit. Where you know this and that, past, and that was the one that got. I was like. Yeah, I could see that one being the, the, the that would be my number one reason. I think. Well, and I mean the list of, of cycling. Like, I'm actually surprised the number of benefits there are to it. Uh, one of them is is I do my groceries at a no frills. That's about four kilometers from my house, um, and I can actually get to that no frills on my bicycle quicker than I can on public transit and home. Weird. Do you have a basket? I have two. Uh, they're called panniers. Oh, look at you! They fit over the back <laughs> wheel, but uh, you know, I think. We're going to do what we usually do, where we kind of look back on the year, and we're definitely uh, grateful and thankful. And I know it's been a really, really weird year for everyone, but I, I definitely think we have some uh, things to be grateful and thankful for for this year. I'm, I'm actually really... I look back at, at who we had on the podcast this past year. We had a pretty good year. I, uh, it's amazing, actually. What is this? Uh, so we don't do uh, two or three uh, going into December and to January. But so you're 52 weeks and we put out at least 48 podcasts uh, this year. And um, what weeks did you know, we miss? I think we're ta- I think we missed what, like the first two weeks of January? Yeah. And usually the last two weeks of December we take off. So we take almost a month off. And uh, and and then we we kicked off. And of course, January was good and February was OK. And then March, something happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm then... even taking a look back like there's a really great picture from the uh, the Ice Wine Gala, uh, which I don't know, frankly, in many ways was a, a, a turning point for me for the year, because uh, that was the event where someone commented on my weight and uh, prompted me to drop about 75, 80 pounds this year. Well, so that's 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 something, and and you you picked a good year to drop things because everybody else dropped. Well, so. yeah, and uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going back back there also that same weekend of the Ice Wine Gala. You were good enough to open a 2009 Ridge Montebello for me. Yeah, we did that. So, but we, we you know we also had some really great guests on the podcast. Yes, and and really deserve a, a big thank you. Uh, I think we should start with 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 the five time man uh, was Thomas Batchelder. I don't want to spend too much time on him because he got a <laughs> lot of airtime with us, but he was he was always good to us. Uh, P- well, two different uh, two different releases of Pinots, two different releases of Chardonnay, 
and uh, and uh, his release of Gamay, which was uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, he knows how much we love Gamay, and you, you know, and we I'm, really jumped all over that. I'm glad that we spent a lot of time with with Thomas, but you know, looking back over the list as well, um, Kevin Panagapka as well. Like, you know, we've had. We've had a, a couple of of tough years for the Ontario wine industry. You know, places like Cattail Creek and Coyotes Run both uh, going out of business. It's it's exciting or, and or refreshing. selling. I guess selling. They don't just go out of business. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they sold off or. But but you know what I mean. And and you know like the complete and utter destruction of, of Lely as we know it. It's nice to see some new faces enter the the market or or new old faces enter the market and in a way that's really exciting as a consumer and and, and people who reached out and said you know we, we you know how would you like to talk about you know nature versus nurture so a big thanks to ed madronic who uh who came on and and talked about um you know wild ferment versus uh, inoculated that was that was completely and utterly fascinating like that was absolutely fascinating and um man yeah no, I I love talking to to Ed. I think that's someone we we didn't never took him up on doing a vertical of the old Chardonnay because uh, I think when we would have done it, it was in the middle of getting ready for harvest, and then you know the world ended a second time. Well, I think he also said you know come down in the the fall or the or the late summer, and really there just was no opportunity to get into a room uh, and take that much space at a winery uh, to do that kind of thing. So Ed, uh, we're definitely going to do it uh, do it next year. Uh, you're now on notice. Uh, a big, a big thank you, obviously, to the people at Westcott who uh, yes. who brought the new winemaker on, and his name was Andre. Uh, <laughs> I knew it because I couldn't remember either. Um, we're just horrible people. We are. We are just. Uh, we just. Oh, Casey. Yep, Casey. What's his last name? <laughs> we are just. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Casey, uh, and you know what? Here's the thing: I'm even looking at the, at, the dis- at the description on our SoundCloud page. I don't even think we put his. Uh, we don't even think no. we put his uh, his last name up so, there. So, Casey, we we owe you we owe you a pint for that. We definitely so, do. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Casey and Grant and uh, Carolyn came on and they talked Pinot and and Chardonnay, and then man, was I sick of Pinot and Chardonnay by then. <laughs> I I wasn't. I'm actually really grateful for the amount of foreign content that we got. Uh, your friend from uh, Scandinavia, where you were apparently one of the most respected, like what is it, top 100 respected writers? Yeah. And it's uh, Christer, Christer, yeah, Christer Bicklum, Bicklum. who uh, you know I've I've talked to him throughout the uh, pandemic, and uh, at one point I said, uh, "You doing any traveling?" He goes, and this is a quote, so uh, I can't be be held responsible for this. He goes, "You got to be nuts to uh, travel at this time." But you know what? It was one of the things. I, like I said, I know we, I know we went a little bit deep down the the Pinot and Chardonnay rabbit hole. I know for myself, like it was a bit of a, a selfish uh, personal journey. I'm still well. Very... Hell, you had this Chardonnay manifesto in episode 200. How the hell can you not have gone down the rabbit hole? Well, and also um, like the 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 blog post, the popular blog post I wrote where I drank through a bunch of Pinot Noir while watching Chateau Picard, which you and I discussed back in episode 181. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun with that, like just kind of figuring out whether or not you should be drinking Bordeaux or Burgundy during Chateau Picard. And the answer is obviously Burgundy. Well, the name of the show was Picard. You just kept calling it Chateau Picard because it had something to do with wine. 
No, Chateau so. Picard is the name of the winery in the show, and it's also the name of a winery in in uh, Bordeaux. I, I know, but you keep saying that jury uh, you're watching Chateau Picard. Oh God, okay, you know, I see what's happening here. I'm just gonna call it like. <laughs> covid brain because like we're going i'm just we're kind of rolling through the recap of the year so i mean if you haven't if you've missed any of these episodes this is your excuse to go back and check them out to look to look back we had you know what this was the year that we uh also uh we hadn't done a legacy podcast and i don't know how long yes and suddenly we picked up some great great people for it uh dave johnson of of featherstone one of my Angelo favorite Pavon, and, uh, uh for that and then uh we also got craig mcdonald in to talk about cab franc finally a cab franc episode thank you craig my well God. Uh, and i'm working on uh having mark uh pister join us in the new year as well to continue cab franc because you and i uh both had a moment with the uh 2016 it's a single vineyard cab franc from Fogelor that uh uh, I think it made us both speechless when we tasted it. Oh, it was really good. And, you know, I also uh, want to thank uh, a gentleman who was caught up in a whirlwind and uh, really, I don't, I, you know, he is so, such a humble winemaker and probably didn't want to be caught up in it, but he was nice enough to come on. And that was uh, Steve Byfield when that Black Lives Matter uh, thing blew up and he was really nice to come on and, and talk about his experience of, uh, of being a black winemaker and also being, uh, um, African Canadian, I guess, um, in, in Canada uh, yeah. and his experiences. So that was pretty interesting. And I know Andre, you, uh, want to bring him back? Yeah, I think I think it's something worth uh, following up on. I don't want to to, to bury the lead, but um, hopefully Steve will give us some time in the new year. I know uh, Narai has um, a few new releases, uh, and I've always been a fan of, of Steve's wines, but he's got uh, new sparkling out that I think just might be the best uh, wine that he's made under that label. Uh, I would say not his best, but I think it's his best sparkling wine he's made. Isn't it his only sparkling wine he's made? That is correct. <laughs> also, I mean, full disclosure, he was uh, he was your best man, right? He was, but I you're, mean, you're 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 a little hard on Steve. You're a little hard on Steve's winemaking. You are a little hard on Steve's winemaking. But look, the cadence has always been good. Yes, um, and 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 a couple of the other reds that he has made uh, when he when he was experimenting with Viognier, they were also very good. I think the the folklore is a lovely sparkling wine don't get me wrong under the best under the narai label yes the best sparkling wine the best wine he's ever made um no i could i could point to you to a few other wines that that he's made that were were much were much better i don't uh, know man because of, of their ageability their longevity and you know what his 2007 um cadence is still drinking really well right now i don't know man that's all i gotta say uh, when we, we, we completely skipped over my favorite podcast we did about Burgundy was um, when we had uh, Nico Patel from uh, Rush to Belen on. And he talked about the um, the Collection Belenum, the really old wines from Burgundy and how they end up on the market and how they end up on the market at a decent price. That was a fascinating podcast. Um, I didn't realize there was that uh, that market. I know uh, for Burgundy out there, and talking to him was really interesting. And how you discovered that wine was also interesting because you went on some sort of uh, down the rabbit hole of Pinot this year. I did, and then I, I've been ordering 
from classics nearly every month, grabbing an affordable bottle of, of uh, Burgundy, which unfortunately means about 50 60 sometimes $70. But to see that I could get something from the year 2000 and actually later on in the fall, I, I, I snagged something from the same line from 1995. There's still a few bottles kicking around. Um, you know, it's just if you're if you want to see if you like old wine, I mean, it's a good way to do it. Really good way to do it. You know, we also had some really good guests on from uh, from other places. We did have uh, Frederick Laveau on from Domaine La Decelle, yes, which was some really good. I know, uh, I know, Brian Schmidt hates when I call it this, but uh, that was some really good juice. Some really good juice. <laughs> like 16, 17 bucks for a Syrah-based yeah. a, a, a Syrah uh, blend from the Southern Rhone that, you know, I actually, so I, I did, I did, I launched my Instagram series, Seller It, with, um, with Maroki Tong, who's a, a, a new Instagram uh, or wine blogger. And uh, it was the first wine that we chose just because it was such good value. And, you know, I'm, Trying to add a few more Michael Pincus bottles to my cellar. We also had the guy from Peter Lehman on. He was he was great. And then from our, you know, what the heck are you talking about now file, uh, we had the uh, the My Mustard Sommelier yes. come on. Yeah, that was We fun. had the, uh, we, we talked to uh, Rob Power about uh, Jalapeno Noir. Yes. Like, what the heck was that? And a big thank you to the guys at Psalm Blinders who put their trust in us to try and sell a few... Uh, a few card games. Uh, if you haven't picked one up, uh, you might still have time. You absolutely still have time. Uh, I think the uh, promo code is good as as long as we want to keep talking about it. It's too late for Christmas, but maybe something to pick up for the new year when we can finally get back together. The promo code is the number 2GTW, like two guys talking wine. The website is psalmblinders.com. And I've actually been uh, talking to and working with the people who are making the game. They are working on a Canadian deck. A deck that will be specially for Canadian wines. And the the fun discussion that I'm having is um, with the, the person at at the Psalm Blinders game. She's based over in, in BC. I'm based here. And it's finding a list of wines, both red and white, that you'll be able to get from both, you know, the, the two main wine regions in Canada, which I think we're working towards making something accessible to BC and Ontario. So it was a great year in, in podcasting, really. I'm it was. looking over this list and, you know, we started we started out with lots of Chardonnay and Pinot and then we ended up with a podcast uh, about what Ontario's grape is. We uh we lambasted Jim Murray for some of his uh for some of his language as we try to clean up our own. Uh, a good a good year to focus on on social issues, which is like it's not the reason why we started the podcast, nor are you and I I think going out of our way to be to be activists, but I think as human beings and just in the spirit of treat people the way you want to be treated, I think it's important that we talk about these things front and center. And then, uh, and then I really do look at, uh, at some of the things that we did when we didn't interview anybody. Uh, we have one called, do we even know what's going on anymore? The COVID <laughs> Chronicles, uh, chapter seven. Well, I really liked, I really liked the $250 bottle of wine episode because that was one where earlier in the pandemic, you know, I had an opportunity to pick up a really great bottle of, um, Californian wine from Oakville, uh, Jansen, which was $215. That was good enough to open for my wife's birthday. And you and I had a whole conversation again about value in wine. I still think you're on the side of there's no bottle of wine worth that price and i'm still looking for them 
you're still against it. I'm just looking for the good stuff. And so, you know what? A big thank you to everybody who came on the podcast. Just everybody who came on, everybody who listens. We really appreciate that you you take the time and listen to us ramble and 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 gab and and um, you know. And, and next year, all being well, we'll all get a shot in the arm. And by you know maybe the summertime, I can give Andre a big hug and say, you know what? Uh, we made it. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a weird one. Like we came down, man, I can't remember the last time I was down. I can't remember the day of the last time I was down in Niagara, but we came and checked on our, our ferments, the, the Chardonnay that is wild fermenting this year. Uh, and then that was it. We've been locked down since then. I remember we did a social distance on my, on my patio, but that was, uh, and we've done, we've done a couple of. Of outside podcasts on your deck. Oh my god, that's been that's been awesome. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. In in four degrees or less, uh, tasting wine that uh, that's just nuts. But uh, whatever makes it work. Well, okay, you know what? I, I guess uh, before we completely wrap this up, what is? Um, do you have a favorite podcast moment of, of from the this year? year? Yeah. Favorite podcast moment. I would have to say there are a number of moments, but they all revolved around the same thing, which was sitting in my garage podcasting with Angelo Pavan, uh, Craig McDonald, Dave Johnson, the guys who came over because we, we didn't, you know, you had to sit uh, socially distanced and that's, that's how we podcast. And, and I had to invite them into my messy garage and go, I hope you're okay with this. <laughs> And everybody was, and that's that's you know that's the camaraderie that that we all have in the wine business. I think. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Yourself, I, Andre? I still think it was lining up the interview with with Nicholas Patel. Just you know, not because it was Chardonnay, not because it was Pinot Noir, but just you know, like I've been I've been writing about wine for for ten years, and never did I understand or imagine that there's a whole separate industry that exists with you know buying buying the hidden wines of France and getting them to the market. That, that It was eye-opening. That's yeah. for sure. All right. Well, you know, I guess this is just the last, the last pitch. Um, we've got Patreon, which we very much appreciate when people um, contribute and help us keep this going. You know, I say, I've said it many times, it's not terribly expensive to keep the podcast going, but... You know, we do have a little bit of uh, stuff we have to pay, like it costs money to host on SoundCloud and just making sure the equipment's up and running. Uh, so we appreciate when you check that out. Oh, was I supposed to say anything? You usually do such a good job on that. Uh, I'm Andre Pru of AndreWineReview.ca. You can follow me on social media at Andre Wine Review. Um, I apologize for maybe neglecting AndreWineReview.ca a little bit this year. I am going to blame COVID for that, but I have a lot of really great uh, sets of reviews coming up, especially some from some new up-and-coming wineries that I'm looking forward to posting. So uh, please be patient with me. Who are you? Um, I am the one who is patient with you, as it turns out. Uh, I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Uh, you can find me on social media under The Grape Guy and sometimes under Michael Pincus, uh, but I seem to be ever-present. And as always, thank you very, very, very much. Everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. We love you. Good night.
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This podcast is produced by Adam Durand and Jim Rowe.